Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about a loadout idea that I've had in the game. We've talked about different things that we'd like to see happen with different armor sets, and this is an idea that came to me to combine with the collections. This is being recorded on April 25th, so if anything has changed or anything updates have come out to make this video seem inaccurate, that's when it was recorded. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. The link is below in the info. If you're watching this on YouTube, a like and a subscribe click is also very helpful to me. So, why do we need a loadout idea? Before I actually get into the discussion and talk about why we need a loadout idea, I think people need to understand that this sort of came from when we saw the set bonuses from the Gambit Prime armor sets. We've been asking for a really long time for something like that to have different sets of armor that give different benefits. But one of the things I believe that would stand in the way of that is a lack of loadouts. Now, if you use something like DIM, Destiny Item Manager, you can create a loadout and then go into DIM and say, give me this loadout. So if there's something that you like to run in PvP that more than likely is vastly different than what you like to run in like a raid, well then you can go into dim and set and save those loadouts now if you don't like using something like that a lot of folks would like something like that to be in the game i happen to think that'd be a great win not only for quality of life but i also think it would empower destiny to become a game where there's lots of different perks and benefits and set bonuses and things from the various activities as well as the various planets. If you've watched my content for a while, some of these ideas might sound familiar. I've, I've kind of over the years trotted out some ideas that I think in some respects would struggle if they didn't have a system like this in place. So first I want to talk about armor sets. Then I want to talk about how they could do loadouts with the collection system. And then lastly, I want to really really encourage Bungie to learn and grow uh, in a similar fashion as to other games that have done with situations that they're in right now. So first let's talk about armor sets. Right now, the only true armor set in the game are the Gambit Prime ones that if you have the Tier 3 set on, you get more points per piece, and those points add up to in-game bonuses. Now, if you want to run an exotic armor piece, you can run four pieces of the Gambit Prime Tier 3 armor and then use a consumable that lasts for, I think, 30 minutes, and then that gives you the ability to have all those in-game bonuses. Obviously, the most influential one right now is the Invader set, Invading locking the bank without even needing to be near it is crazy to me but that's a set bonus that is different than the perks we've had in the past because some people might be like well Lono we've had raid perks before there's a difference between different pieces offering a perk or a benefit in the raid like in Wrath of the Machine you got you know increased armor holding a SIVA charge increased agility holding a scorch cannon those are benefits that are obviously tied to the raid itself you didn't get any sort of extra benefit by wearing an entire set Set bonuses, set bonuses, I think could be a great way for them to add life to lots of different pieces of the game. And they've already done it with Gambit Prime, maybe as a way to test things out, maybe as a way to see how people would respond. I happen to think that raids, strikes, and the planets could all get their own set bonuses. And that's when I think people start to say, whoa, wait, that's so many armor sets. That's going to be ridiculous. But I want you to hear me out. Right now, there are eight locations. If you include the four vanilla planets, the two DLC planets, that gets you to six. Then you add Tangled Shore and the Dreaming City, that gets you to eight. Eight locations, eight loot pools, eight NPCs that could potentially have their own 
pyramid of gear. And what I mean by pyramid of gear is there could be a hand cannon, auto rifle, you know, a whole little teeny weapon pyramid, and there could be the best version of the hand cannon from EDZ, and then there could be a best version of another hand cannon that drops on the Tangled Shore. Now, the best version would obviously be universally effective. If it's a good hand cannon, it's going to be good anywhere, but it would have benefits when used on that location. Now, what this does is, this creates what we've called contextual power. So a full loadout for Gambit Prime and a full loadout for the Strike Playlist, a full loadout for a given planet or raids would come with benefits. Obviously, once you wear the full set, you get those benefits to add up. This creates a really long endgame grind for people who not only want to get everything, but also want to be as strong as possible everywhere they go. This creates a ton of loot that matters, which is something that we've talked a, a, a lot about. We want loot that matters. This creates a ton of grind for people that are like, man, I really, really want to have lots of stuff to chase. The other thing this does is this helps longevity. Every season, all you've got to do is give each NPC, each planet, a couple of new things, a couple of new perks, and you've got new things to grind for. New armor pieces. Once you get to a certain rank with an NPC, you could maybe get ornaments for that season for those armor sets. And then you just change up the ornaments next season, add a couple of guns, maybe a couple of new perks, and then you've got smaller loot pools that are easier to manage, but the reason you might want to grind for them is you want a full set of IO, you want a full set of Tangled Shore, or whatever. Now, this is where organizationally people say, this is ridiculous, Lono. Changing my gear would be unbelievable. I would have to have so many different guns, so many different pieces of armor. Well, that's my next section. Loadouts in the collections. If you go into the collections right now, it doesn't serve much of a purpose. I would say 90% of what's in collections gets ignored. You're not going in there and pulling out static rolled weapons from year one. You're not going in there and pulling out any armor pieces from year one because they have no perks, no mod slot, right? So in this situation, the collections would be, I think, what I would use to get this off the ground. Collections just aren't doing anything really that beneficial right now. So anytime you would get a piece of armor or a gun with a role that you want, you could store it in the collections. You would basically say, this is the version of the gun or armor piece that I want stored in collections. Because if I ever pull this out later, this is what I want on it. If I get a pair of gauntlets from the Tangled Shore that are hand cannon loader and heavy ammo finder, that's what I store in collections. That's what I pull out anytime I need it. Now, this obviously undergirds the loadout idea. So now you're not storing anything in your in your inventory or in your vault. It's all stored in collections. So you go to delete something, you could delete it after storing it in collections and know I can pull that out anytime. What you could combine this with then is a loadout system that you can build from collections. You go into collections and you're like, click, 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 click. You highlight like five armor pieces and you push a button to assign it to loadout I don't know, one through eight, and loadouts would be above your character. So you'd come in here to the inventory system, and up above the character here, you could have like eight boxes, you know, eight eight different boxes. You could even give them names, or maybe pick a specific piece to be the thumbnail. So for the raid, you would pick like the raid helmet to be the thumbnail for that loadout. So when you go to click on it, you would know, oh, that's the helmet from the EDZ. That's my EDZ loadout. So you got like eight different loadouts. Now with eight different locations, you might want more than eight loadouts. Maybe we would need like 10 to 15 or something kind of ridiculous. Maybe we would need another page. Like maybe you come down here and there's an entire like an entire menu system over here or something with like all the different loadouts 
all the different loadouts that are uh, that are in the game. This would then empower you to feel a sense of not only completionism, like look at all the loadouts I've got from all the different areas and all the different places, but I'm also, I'm at the peak of strength on all these places, locations, and activities, whether it's Gambit Prime, Reckoning, The Raid, or just doing a flashpoint on the EDZ, you would have all the best of the best stuff. What this does as well is it takes it takes the loot pool and it doesn't necessarily fill it with a bunch of junk. It fills it with stuff for you to chase. So sure, there would only be a couple, you know, there would only be a couple weapons on each planet, like one of every one of every weapon that is only worth carrying if you get the curated roll or the good roll, the pinnacle roll, whatever, to complete your set, right? I think this could be a massive win for not only just organizationally, but also just the sense of there's so much for me to chase and do and find, and I don't think Bungie would have to do a whole lot. The set bonuses could be pretty basic, but still, again, worth chasing. Lastly, I want to say learn and grow, okay? We've watched a lot of games improve over the years. No Man's Sky, The Division, we're hoping Anthem can have a similar moment. Uh, Destiny has improved when we look at things like The Taken King, when we look at things like Forsaken. We definitely see something happening in games that launch and then learn from the community. Division took that entire year. It led to 1.8. It led to, it led to the success of, De- of Division 2. Even though I don't play it all that often, Division 2 was still a massive success, and it's been very, very praised by the people that have played it. One of the better looter shooters available right now. I I would really encourage them to take a similar approach with the next annual pass. Bungie should be experimenting and trying to learn from us to grow the franchise. Try to implement ideas like this, if possible, over the next year as a way to really refine the game and the springboard that will more than likely lead to the next game. That's what I think the very first annual pass sort of was, was the beginning of that experimentation mindset. Reusing NPCs, planets, loot pools, and activities, I think makes sense if they're giving us stuff to do but also testing ideas if we sort of accept that that's the that's the era of destiny that we're in not only would that give us lots of stuff to do it would also give us a context in which this is a conversation about refining the genre and refining the franchise for the future so i would love to see this loadout idea put into the game used with collections as well as combining it with all the different set bonuses on the planets activities and locations if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content appreciate you listening or watching please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is going to be a question and answer session that came after my loadout idea on how they could use the collections and loadouts and different set bonuses to really give us a lot more loot to chase on all the different planets and different activities if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage that link is provided below Uh, This is being recorded on April 25th, 2019. So I'm going to jump right into the questions. We're going to try and start keeping these closer to an hour long. First question coming from Table. Should the vendors be more relevant like they were in Destiny 1? As an example, would the Vanguard Armory vendor that sold Vanguard weapons with random rolls each week? Here's the thing. I don't... That was sort of at the end of Destiny 1's life cycle. I don't think that's an enduring value point because I think that cheapens loot grind a little bit. I would think... What I've continued to say is is all the NPCs should have weekly bounties like Ada. I, I, I think opening up the bounties for Ada was a mistake because it removes rhythmic urgency. Instead of them fixing Ada's bounties so they rotate properly, they just made them all available. If you went to Zavala, for example, 
he should have a weekly weapon bounty and a weekly armor bounty and you can grind those bounties as much as you want and you would grind those in the strike playlist that would give strikes purpose that they don't have right now and you would grind for the role that you want I happen to think they should take the aid of bounties further than they are right now and they should be charge and discharge bounties you charge up the bounty and you discharge it it spits out a weapon and you charge up the bounty to keep you from having to go back to the tower basically that way you could just stay in the strike playlist until you get the role that you want or stay in the forge or wherever it is you're grinding so I would think they would need to invent a new type of bounty if this system were to work so well I don't like the idea of grinding for a currency and just waiting for the the vendor to have a god roll I think that's very uninteresting I think that's sort of like a it was always exciting in D1 to go check the roll on the Occam's Razor or the Palindrome but also it just I don't know there was something very cheap about it buying a god roll that you just kind of waited for them to finally have it's not quite the same as getting a god roll to drop from a grind so DJC says I bought this up I brought this up a while back but hopefully refine the idea. I love specific armor sets. Would you be against transmogs for legendary blue armor only? I.e. no exotic gun transmog. I've had people that make, they they, they keep pestering me on YouTube. Make a video on transmog. I'm not going to make a video on transmog. Unless my video is literally transmog doesn't belong in destiny. (laughs) It doesn't belong in destiny. It would be so confusing to get a pair of gauntlets that are like, oh, they rolled perfectly. Like, they, you, you, let's say you get Dreaming City gauntlets with enhanced hand cannon loader and heavy ammo finder. And you're like, yes, this is exactly what I want. And then you take those Dreaming City gauntlets and you make them look like future War Cult gauntlets. Well, somebody's going to see those and be like, oh, wow, where did you get those? Number one, does Transmog change the name? Does it? Or does, they, or does, or does it con- continue to have the name you know, in this case, I've got Grips of the Great Hunt. That's from the Last Wish Raid. Right? Grips of the Great Hunt. Are they going to be called Grips of the Great Hunt, but look like the gauntlets from Future War Cult? Or the, or, or the Tangled Shore? That's just confusing. Now, if the appearance and the name changes, you just, just, you just change the, the gear! How did you how did you get tangled shore gauntlets with enhanced hand cannon reloader and a raid perk? Well, it's actually a piece of raid gear with a raid perk and a raid set bonus, but I transmogged it, so now it's called Tangled Web Grips. I just think that grates against so much of Destiny's identity. It would keep the same name and say transmog to X. I Okay, that's not a bad answer. I just don't think it belongs in Destiny. Now, what about enhancing perks or infusing perks? I could get down with that. Because then you're like, oh, I got enhanced hand and cannon reloader, but I hate the way these gloves work. I can in- I can infuse enhanced cannon- hand cannon reloader into the gauntlets that I like. So then when someone sees your Vigil of Heroes, you know, these are these are... You know Vanguard gauntlets, and like, how'd you get enhanced cannon, cannon, cannon reload on there? Like, oh, I got it to drop on a pair of gloves, and I infused it. Infusion, uh, infusion. Hang on a second. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't, I can't say. Hang on a second. We're doing Q and A. I'll see if they leave a voicemail. I was gonna answer that. Infusion is part and parcel to the Destiny experience. Transmog is not. Transmog is not. 
Uh, Lono, you have said a few times that cores are still around because Bungie had plans for them in the future. Any ideas or predictions on what that would be? What could be big enough to keep such a terrible economy item around? I don't know, brother. I have no freaking clue what they could be planning or cr- or working on to be so freaking tone deaf with respect to community response, community feedback, and community demand. I have never seen a company dig their heels in so much on an issue that seems so obvious. If Paul Tassie from Forbes has to has to basically say you're just completely blind here, you're just missing it. I, I'm not, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's essentially that's what he said. Like, how can you just be so wrong on this and so just as I've said, tone deaf? The, my thought is they either can't, they either can't. It's just too too much work, too detrimental to the internal systems right now. There's no way for them to rip it out. Or there's a, there's a system coming down the road that they feel like it needs to be there. Maybe annual pass 2.0 or something. I, I have no idea. Anna Ray Senpai. Have you ever fully watched any of Bungie's GDC talks or slides that are publicly available? There's a lot of insight you gain from the development process in their engine. I, no, I haven't. I mean, we've seen the leaks about their, their inability... Uh, their inability to do things quickly. Uh, we, you know, we've seen that. We've seen the fact that they they really, really struggle to make updates quickly. There was, you know, there was articles that talk about how they don't just struggle to make content quickly. They struggle to make content in general. Uh, you know, I I've never had the opportunity to go in and and like listen or take the time, you know, to go through a whole talk. I've not been able to do that. So. Rusty, what do you think the best Destiny progression grind loop has been? D1 Strikes, Black Armory Frames, Age of Triumph Raids. Uh, What is your least favorite part of Destiny loop? What do you think Bungie should focus on for Destiny 3? Make this loop as good as possible while avoiding your least favorite parts. Man, this is a good question. Um, Man, okay, so if you could combine... Age of Triumph with the Black Armory Forges, like the intentionality that we got from Black Armory Forges, like if that intentionality was everywhere, if there was more Black Armory Forge intentionality, then I would be freaking pumped because that's, I think that would be really, really enjoyable. If you combine that with like the Wrath of the Machine currency re-rolling chests or the Age of Triumph rotating raids and the challenges... Man, I think you'd have a really a really winning combination there. Um, but I, my least favorite, Destiny 2 Vanilla, were terrible. Uh, Season of the Drifter, horrible. Just no intentionality, just frustrating content, not rewarding content, narrow content. Like, if you take Destiny 2 Vanilla and Drifter and throw them in the garbage and never pull them back out again, we'd probably be okay. Now, but you got to quantify that, right? There's, there's perk ideas and there's loot in Drifter that I think is good. There's armor and guns and activities from year one Destiny 2 that are probably worth revisiting. Escalation Protocol, the Infinite Forest, there's the... Uh, 
just the guns themselves look cool the armor sets look cool add some dope perks dope rolls mod system etc so you got to be careful there i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. it's like there's a bunch of things from vanilla destiny 2 or year one destiny 2 that are terrible but you don't want to throw it all out there's good pieces in there you could really rework and, and bring a lot of that stuff up to snuff and like make it make it much better so but the quintessential destiny experience is one where the loop is fun satisfying like it's not super challenging like you don't want to beat you don't want to be beating your head against a wall and it's also tangibly rewarding there needs to be a tangible reward that's why skeleton keys and you know the forges there was a there was an intentionality there there was a rhythm of reward that was tangible you're like i'm getting stuff i think that's helpful it's helpful for staying in the grind in the loop uh adjc do you think that the perk system with the armor is too vast that it's harder to get armor set for pvp and pve this is why you need bounties for armor you need intentionality here you just you have z i got that i got that cloak for gambit prime and i was so excited because it's so difficult to get the things that you want to look the way that you want to get the perks that you like it's really really difficult i have a hard time doing it and i play i'm a one percenter i play more than 99 percent of the community and i struggle to get the perks that i want on the gear that i like it's just really really difficult to get any armor pieces that you're looking for Surge 606. Do you think separate sandboxes for PvP and PvE would be beneficial for D3? Do you feel this would cut down on the constant complaining? Oh, yeah, this is this is like a softball T-ball question that I think 99 out of 100 people in Destiny would agree with. Yes, separate the sandboxes. 100%. At the very least, at the very least, if they can't separate the sandboxes, then every gun should have two trees. A red tree and a blue tree, and one tree has different stats, different perks, and that's for crucible. And the other, and the blue tree has different stats, like the meter on impact, reload, etc., and different perks. And whenever wherever you are, it activates it activates those those trees. That's essentially a separated sandbox, but it, it, that's not necessarily the sandbox itself with separate weapons. The weapons themselves would have different trees. Uh, DGC. You mentioned that you would put specific armor and weapons in the collections. I would want to be able to have multiple roles, especially for armor. I would hope that you could have multiple. Do you think this is an improvement? Well, you... I see where you're coming from. They'd... Ah, yeah. They'd have to limit it. Like, maybe you could you could store up to three different roles per armor piece. And if you have to go beyond that, maybe that's when you start using your inventory in your vault. I just think it would get... Re- it, it could get a little crazy when you have like five different roles on a pair of gauntlets from the raid and five different roles on a pair of gauntlets from IO like how many how many how many how many different versions of a piece of armor do you honestly need um but i do agree with you one is too few i do agree with you limit it to maybe three because there are times where i'm like oh i got a pair of gauntlets with hand cannon reloader and i got another one with like auto auto uh rifle reloader or one that you know has impact whatever the one's called impact um what the frick i can't think of it now uh impact induction momentum transfer you know i've got some i've got some different gauntlets so i could definitely see a benefit to being able to be like you can store more than one 
Amish Milkman. Do you think that since we have tools such as light.gg and the avalanche and collection showing all possible roles, Bungie should just add all weapons with random roles so when you get a new weapon, you can see potentially amazing roll? Well, they, yeah, they kind of did that with the avalanche, but they kind of didn't. It's like incomplete. Maybe they were experimenting with what you're saying. Because yes, I would love to be like, yo, I got this new gun from Season of the Drifter called Gnawing Hunger. Let me go to collections, go to weapons, auto rifles, and when I go over to the Gnawing Hunger, I can go in here and it, sh- it you know, it shows me all the potential perks. Now people are like, what do you mean the avalanche? If you want to experiment, go into your inventory and look at the avalanche. Now, this isn't complete, but this is the only gun in the collection. To my knowledge, it's the only gun that does this. It shows literally every possible perk for these two slots. Now, it doesn't show all the potential mag perks. It doesn't show all the potential sights. Uh, And then, obviously, you can come down here and see, you know, the the mod. This is kind of glitching the things out, too, because you can't can't click. I can't click the down arrow on the shaders. So this isn't even, I don't even know if this is intended. This might be an accident because <laughs> I have to use the D pad to go down on the shaders and I can't see the second row of mods. So this is a, uh, this is potentially an experiment and, or an accident. We'll, we'll, the world will never know. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see if they do that for other guns. Um, so T. Michael Jr. Interesting idea. I have a hard enough time managing my inventory as it is. What would be some of the set bonuses that'd be worth grinding for to all the NPCs to do when the content's easily doable without them? Well, okay, it's this wouldn't be a thing that would be derived from need. You would never want to feel like, I need a full set from the EDZ. I'm just too weak when I'm here. You would never feel that. That would be ludicrous. You wouldn't want... And that's mainly because it isn't meant to be like a capstone completionist pursuit that does reward you with some power and influence, but not to the point that you're like, I can't survive on the EDZ without a full set. And then casual players are like, this is ridiculous, Bungie. Why would you do this? Now, you could couple my idea with the difficulty spectrum idea that I've had before. What if you could set the public space of the EDZ to, right now, you could set it to 700, and it becomes pretty tough. It feels endgame. Like, public events and lost sectors would feel freaking tough. Why would I want to do that? There could be a whole batch of bounties that aren't even doable unless you turn it up to 700. Well, that's when those set bonuses might really come in handy. Right? You'd be like, dude, this is tough at 700. I'm going to spend time public space grind no no i'm not setting it to 700 i'm gonna grind and get a full set of armor once i have a full set of armor then i can then i can go back to 700 and try these new bounties because now i have these set bonuses that make me just strong enough to kind of tip the scales in my favor so that it's not so brutal Again, these are not ideas that they could easily implement, but I think these are ideas to give their existing pieces of content way more purpose and longevity and elasticity. You've, there's just, I, there's no reason to, to capstone or go this high. That would be a reason to. The other thing, it would just be kind of fun. It would just be kind of fun if you could go and get all these full sets and all these guns and, and that, that completionist in you would feel I'm not done yet. 
and not only would the completionist and you feel you're not done yet but you would also get that sense of I'm getting a benefit from having a full set I'm getting a benefit from having these guns so when it's a flashpoint or I just feel like grinding the planet I feel a little bit stronger you know things like that Bumble 17 is one of the drawbacks of set bonuses is everyone ends up looking the same I didn't play D1 but I didn't like it when they added perks to raid gear which meant the only thing that was different was the exotic depending on the subclass right but if you get your way what do we get because you got your way okay we have armor in the raid that doesn't freaking matter Oh, you can get enhanced perks. No, those enhanced perks, the benefits from those are so freaking marginal. Raid gear doesn't matter now. So congratulations, I guess. You got your way. We, th- there's no reason to get a full raid set. They, that's, I guess, supposed to make us feel more of a sense of freedom. So you gutted raid incentive for armor. Getting a full set of raid armor. Who the frick cares? Oh, it looks cool. So the frick what? And the fact that there's literally no intentionality in trying to get it, you might not even get, even if you finally do get the chess piece from Scourge of the Past and you think it looks cool, who knows what role you're going to get. Thank you for two months, Warble Sink. Welcome back. So, like, I hear what you're saying. You'd be running around the EDZ and tons of people would be running around with a full EDZ set on. But, I mean, who cares about that? Why does that matter? You would feel that sense of, that sense of like, I've got a full set, I'm really strong, look at all these people. This is where ornaments could come into play. The higher you get ranked on EDZ, maybe you could do ornaments on the armor. Maybe they, this would be another reason they could do multiple ornaments. So the armor completely changes in what it appears. You know, so then you might, you might look similar to somebody, but not quite, because there'd be different ornamental uh, things turned off and on on the armor. That could be another way for them to implement grind with, you know, a cosmetic difference or something like that. Again, this idea that like, oh, I want to look the way that I want to look and and then you cut off loot incentive. No set bonuses, no reason to get a full set of raid armor, no reason to get a full set of anything because I want to feel like I look cool. Like, I'll be honest, my hunter looks really freaking dope right now he looks amazing I, I I truly have never had a hunter I feel like that has looked this cool but but other than giving you transmog I'm just sort of like what how, how on earth are they going to do this if they start to add really cool set bonuses for gambit prime when you're running gambit prime everybody's going to be running those sets who cares you know you you have those <clears throat> you have those set bonuses for a reason I, I hope the Gambit Prime set bonuses are the beginning. I hope they're the beginning of, of more set bonuses. And if you're like, oh, I feel like I have to run the whole raid set, I would push back and be like, no, you don't. They're marginal benefits. You don't need them. Now, you might need them if you crank up the, the as I said, the public event space to 700. But the outside of that, you would still be able to run whatever you want. Melodic Gamer, when talking about the concept of using enhancement cores to enhance perks, how many perks can you enhance on a given item? For example, if I have gauntlets, can I use cores to enhance something like rifle loader and enhance heavy ammo finder? Can a system like this be done with the weapons? Sure. Yeah. You could enhance, you know, um, you could enhance anything. What if you enhanced trench barrel to be a little bit stronger, quick draw to be a little bit faster, right? 
little teeny benefits nothing much you just see a little bit of a yellow uh, or you know make it make it uh, blue like a little blue a little blue you know how you see this yellow right now from masterwork maybe it'd be blue because the perk bubbles are blue and you get a little blue outline on quick draw when you enhance quick draw so handling would get a little blue a little blue sliver over here and then trench barrel I get I get a little blue outline on that it probably wouldn't change the stat bar but light mag would that would be another way of just just using enhancement cores in a way to enhance weapons instead of whatever it is we're doing with them now set bonuses would make it too complex for the casual gamer I don't give a frick if it would be complex for the casual gamer because that's not something they would be interested in they're not going to go chase all the set bonuses from all the planets in the raids because number one they can't play enough to do it and that's not how they're mind that's not how they're wired they're not going to be setting public spaces to 700 they're not going to be setting strikes or anything else to like the hardest difficulty so set bonuses aren't going to be aren't going to be super important to them so if the set bonuses are too complex for the casual gamer that's probably fine because it'd be off their radar anyway it wouldn't it wouldn't be something that they they would feel the desire to chase because they wouldn't have the need for it they'd be like yeah I, I don't I don't need those set bonuses number one I don't have the time and number two I don't have the need because I'm not going into the hardest content uh Brenrek what do you want from the next d2 expansion not penumbra new enemies raid events I want the annual pass 2.0 to bring with it the the level of intentionality that we had in things like forges, a wrath of the machine, you know, with with the currency and wrath, with the, with you know Ada's bounties, we need more of that. I want the entire loot pool repurposed. I want all of the activities repurposed. Escalation protocol, infinite forest, blind well, the forges, reckoning, the raids, the raid layers. Repurpose all of it. Add purpose to all of it. I want that. Eugene, isn't loadout already implemented via DIM? I'm, <laughs> yeah. So, what? Why wouldn't you want something cooler in the game to give justification to collections having more of a purpose and set bonuses having more of a purpose? Well, you want to give Bungie a pass on adding good quality of life because you can use DIM? Come on, Gator. What do you think about D3 doing a WoW model and just have an online world with seasonal additions and expansions? I don't know being how much of their player base is based on console. I'm curious how far Bungie feels they can swing the MMORPG bat. How far can they go? Um, Because I would think they're going to start to run into problems with players, console players being a little bit more casual and a little less likely to a little less likely to lean into those MMORPG lanes. It's difficult because console players aren't the same as PC players. Um, I, I think that's one of the challenges for this game to expand and evolve is a large portion of its player base is console based and not casual in their love for the game, but casual in their ability to engage the hours they put in. You know, they just don't put enough time in for an MMORPG to not make it feel like their efforts are just absolutely futile. Uh, Emma Immaculate says, I finally got Lunas and Recluse last night, but the journey was not enjoyable. I wish they did some sort of uh, what Call of Duty has. What additional incentives do you think PvP needs to enhance the experience? 
Um, I I don't really have much to say on this. PvP is in a weird place right now. Grinding for the recluse, grinding for stuff in PvP. I don't know what you want them to do. You got to play games. You got to win games. You got to get points. That's generally how you grind for stuff in PvP. Not really sure how you would change that. Uh, Pickles. What if the guns started to roll expanded perks like the augmented weapons from Black Armory and the Black Armory weapons started rolling more unique perks? I mean, as far as the perk system goes, as far as the perk system goes, I don't know exactly how much it can do in this in this world. If they added, let's just take a weapon that we're very familiar with. Uh, let's take the Go Figure. Okay, Go Figure is a solid pulse. Here's a good roll. We got Range Masterwork, Flared Magwell, Outlaw Rampage. Okay, if they added two more perks over here. And there was like random rolls, so like a couple to choose from. What can they add to this gun to really take it higher than it already is? The way that it handles, how fast it shoots, reloads, how much damage it does. What can they do to really ratchet it up and make it worth it? If they added just, I mean, a bu- two, three, four, five more perks. There's only so much you can do to a given weapon before you're just kind of like, yeah, there's 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 not much else we can really do here. Uh, this weapon's sort of at its peak performance. So I would say they need to they they, they need to create. This is something that Goth said on Twitter that I agree with. Goth and I don't agree on a lot of things in Destiny lately, but I agree with him in this regard. If you really want to start adding perk diversity and depth on the guns and really start giving us more power, you need enemies to to be stronger and take a longer time to kill so that you're thinking about perks and benefits and debuffs and buffs and movement and, and agility and different loadouts for different environments because certain enemies and certain majors and certain mini bosses have different attack patterns and how long is it going to take me to kill this guy? Right now, the ads are pretty simplistic. There's three tiers of ads. There's trash ads, there's like mid-tier ads that are like shielded shielded ads and majors, and then there's like bosses and mini-bosses. Okay, there's basically tier one, tier two, and tier three. And generally speaking, the weapons land in those same tiers. Your primary weapons, like your hand cannons, your pulse rifles, those are tier one. They're super, super efficient at killing trash ads. And then you got your set, your your tier two weapons, shotguns, fusion rifles, eh. But shotguns generally are your tier two weapons. You use this on majors and shielded enemies. And then when the big boys get out, the 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 mini bosses and the bosses, you pull out your heavy weapon. Three tiers of weapon, three tiers of enemy. It's very simplistic. And the reason it's tough to go crazy with perks is what are you gonna do, right? What are you going to do with a primary that kills most trash ads pretty easily, even if it has a bad roll, right? It only takes a certain amount of shots to kill a certain enemy, no matter what, and that's what the whole game is based upon. Right, and so that, this gun's going to perform at, its, at, a, at a ceiling of efficiency. It's just, it's going to kill acolytes, dregs, vandals. It's going to kill them fast. Blit, dead, blit, dead, blit, reload. Blit, dead, blit, dead, blit. Like, you just, you add five more perks, it doesn't matter. This gun ain't, this gun isn't gonna change. You're not gonna be like, oh, I'm killing trash ads faster. No, not really. You might start hitting, set, like, majors, and you might start killing 
shielded enemies a little bit quicker with it but that's power that's power creep in the way that we don't we we, we trust we traditionally don't call power creep that now you have a tier one weapon that's creeping into tier two functionality the same thing would happen and this happened with the Ikelos shotgun the Ikelos shotgun was so strong it left its lane it was literally stronger than exotic power weapons it could dole out so much damage so fast the Ikelos shotgun was essentially functioning as a mid a tier 2 and a tier 3 weapon it was functioning better than most tier 3 weapons were and people are like, when I said it needed nerf people thought I was full of it I'm like it's not even functioning properly in the hierarchy of weapons it's not it was broken and that's because it was originally introduced as a power weapon so in this system unless they start and this is why I said being able to set public space to 700 guess what would happen all of a sudden all those enemies would be insane a whole lot stronger well now you might have a reason to have extra perks on your gun set bonuses extra strength on that planet extra strength in that activity why because even trash ads are going to take longer to kill now you're going to want that extra strength you're going to want those extra shots you're going to want that extra damage but that's an element in the game that doesn't exist right now there is no spectrum of difficulty you can't do what goth said you can't make trash ads suddenly a lot stronger well you could i guess you could tank your light really really low but even that's stupid then you're just manufacturing it for what the frick reason why would you do that <clears throat> cricks what armor perks do you think would be viable other than armor set perks well, I, armor perks are tough because there's only so much you can do, again, similar to what we just talked about. There's only so much you can do to feel strong in this game. Right? There's only so much you can do. Um, you know, finding more ammo. Hands-on is probably one of the best perks in the game. Hands-on and distribution are great perks. And then if Ammo Finder actually worked well, better already in the other one. There's another perk that's better. Uh, recuperation is the better perk it replenishes health anytime you pick up a normal light it's immediate so you just immediately get health you're not like suddenly you start healing it's not like that it is all of a sudden you you have health it's more immediate um, so unflinching eh. reload perks are nice reloading your gun is super super helpful uh, target acquisition perks are nice stuff like that most of the time though I don't think you can go much further than the existing perks what I would say is oh I'm suddenly stronger on the EDZ I'm suddenly generating more orbs of light I'm suddenly reloading faster moving faster whatever and you would need those set bonuses if you were taking the EDZ up to 700 and ramping up the difficulty Grundle Snork, do you feel that the split with Activision will improve the quality of the next Destiny release? Well, I've, I hope so. I would hope they made the decision for the future of the franchise. I would hope they didn't just like do it just cause. Like I would think it's because they, they think it's going to be good for Destiny. YouTube, Velotix. What would you think about if Bungie added a preset section where you can select a preset for a certain activity and what you would like to see in the next annual pass instead of what we got in the mostly disappointing pass? I already talked about what I want to see in the next annual pass about like repurposing old content and loot. As far as a, a preset, I don't know what you mean. If you're talking about adjusting the perks and modifiers, I don't think we need that everywhere. Uh, Kyoshin. 
Do you think Bungie will implement all new features that they've done so far in D2 or start from the beginning like in D2 year one? I don't think they're going to start adding all new features and completely overhauling the game, no. I think the theme of the next annual pass will be repurposing what's already been built. I thought it was free. Isn't it a no-brainer to turn the Brother Vance Forge back into random rolls? Oh, every time I've talked about repurposing old content, I forgot about the Forge, yeah. Yeah, Brother Vance's Forge would be a great piece of content to repurpose in the next annual pass. I forgot about that one. Deck 4234. Would it be reasonable for someone at Bungie to choose the things that rotate weekly like Nightfall's Ada's Bounties instead of being random? I don't understand why it's not that way. I have no idea. Because they were like, we don't have any control over it. It's random. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Because Aegis Bounty is released in conjunction with the forges unlocking. The, the weapons that were that were attached to those forges, those weapons, those frames launched when the forges launched. I don't know what the heck happened. And again, I don't know why somebody can't go in and load them into the hopper for the next week. 18 months from KMJ, thank you. I got no clue, dude. I don't know why they wouldn't do it that way. Maybe the live team's just busy with other things and they can't really support that. Uh, Morky Mouse. For me, part of the ultimate Destiny experience was always the music and soundtrack. I feel as if it dropped off in D2 compared to D1. I know many people don't really take this into consideration, but thoughts. I... I thought the music was fine in this. I thought anytime I've turned on the music, I thought it was good. So that's subjective. Because in my opinion, anytime I played through the game and the campaign and the, and the raids and intentionally left the music on, I always felt like the music was pretty dope. Bubble 17. Would you be satisfied with an extra slot on armor, which you can earn from specific activities that you can apply to any armor piece? You can then earn a full set of bonuses and look how you want. Well... What you're talking about, they could do with the mods, right? So you could have a planetary slot. You could have a, let's just call it activity slot or something. And so right here, I could add a mod that is either a mod for strikes, raids, or a specific location. And so I would say if you can do a full set of, if you can do a full set of, um the you know this mod or or that mod or whatever and then they all co- coexist so i could wear this set right i could have a tangled web mask grips of the great hunt ophidius faith bladesmith memory strides and the illicit invader cloak like i am definitely a, a huge mixture of armor pieces right now well if i could put mods on them so this is my this is my edz set then I would do that, right? Now, it gets a little complicated because I might not... I don't know. I feel like that would restrict you a little bit because you'd be like, well, I can only wear these gauntlets on the EDZ. So now I need to go... Well, no, you would just grind for the for the one that you want for the EDZ and then, then you would replace it. You would use this loadout everywhere and then eventually you would get a pair of gauntlets that you could free up that mod slot. I feel like being tied to the armor is better because that makes more sense in my mind than just like, well, now I need eight different armor sets that I put mods into instead of like, no, I have an armor set from that planet. I have an armor set from that raid. Next question. 
uh, Morgan's baby daddy. This season is heavily gambit focused. That's been a major turnoff for people who don't enjoy that mode. Uh, BML quite liked the emphasis on one particular mode, but what if the season pass 2.0 and other and another three seasons that each focus on an in-game activity season of the vanguard season of the crucible that's just dangerous that's really really dangerous because that means yeah we don't have any droughts but you're gonna have you're gonna have droughts because people that aren't interested in pvp are gonna be like well what the frick am i supposed to do during season of the crucible I think that's too risky. I don't think they're going to go narrow again. I think Season of the Drifter taught them not to do that. Cellar Dweller. What if all the weapons and armor come with all the available perks built in and unlocked as you receive the random rolls? Then you keep one piece of each specific gear set or weapon, but you use any perk combo that you've unlocked. It would save vault and inventory space. Well, but this just sounds like you just use the same gun everywhere, the same armor everywhere, you just change the perks. I think a loadout system is better because you actually are chasing gear and loadouts to use all over the game. DJC. With the discussion of Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 enemies, I think we need to be careful with how much we mess with the combat flow. I wouldn't want to end up with bullet sponge territory like in Division 2. I know a big question, but where do you land on TTK for Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 enemies? Well, that's where I think you would have to say there's the normal game. This is like when you play a game and they're like, now you can go back and play it on hard, right? There's the normal game. You just play through and everything is how it's always been. And when you hit max level, they say the hardened version of the game is now available to you. You can set strikes, story missions, and public spaces to the max level. And when you do that, it's going to be significantly harder. What has also opened to you since you're at max level is new bounties and gear pursuits on all the planets so that you can chase pinnacle loadouts for those difficulties. So you would go into the EDZ and set the difficulty really, really high, but you would do that once you felt like you were the strongest you could possibly be. And why would I do that? Why would I want to make the EDZ really, really hard for the public space? There would be particular grinds for guns. You'd have to make it gear-based because nobody's going to do that just for ornaments. Nobody's going to grind. Well, maybe they would. I don't know. But if you're going to grind the EDZ at 700, there's got to be a good loot incentive. Maybe every planet has an exotic ghost, an exotic sparrow, and one pinnacle weapon every season. That's it. That's what you do. One exotic ghost, one exotic sparrow, and a pinnacle weapon. And once you get strong enough to set the EDZ to 700, you'd go grind the EDZ. There'd be these new bounties that could only be done at 700 difficulty, and you're working your way towards the exotic ghost, sparrow, and that pinnacle weapon, one per planet. That's great. That would be freaking great. Like, that would take a long time to do. You could slowly chisel away at it no matter how much you play. I would really, that would be really enjoyable. And now you have a reason to capstone your gear. Like, I need a set for IO. I need to be as strong as I possibly can before I start chasing the exotic ghost sparrow and and pinnacle weapon. Because setting, setting IO to 700 or Titan to I, you know, to 700 is going to be freaking tough. I'm going to want full sets before I do that. You need to set different instances? Well, of course. And the hope would be, the hope would be that the stronger you get, 
the, you know, the more pe- the whenever you go to matchmake, it would put people in your instance. That would be the only problem is it would it would it would break up the instances unless they could scale it. If they could scale it to where you're in my instance and you don't have it set to 700, but I do, so the enemy's shooting me and taking damage as if they're 700, but you don't have that experience even though you're in my instance because we're in different fire teams. We're both killing the enemy and taking damage from the enemy in a reasonable same amount of fashion, but I'm I'm taking a little bit more damage. They're taking a little bit longer for me to kill. I don't know. That might get complicated though because then you got people that are like, then blueberries would be incredibly valuable because they could kill most of the trash ads and mini bosses and majors faster than you so they'd be like the MVP in your instance so I don't know that, what I'm talking about would be difficult probably with, with the community community size because then you might set 700 to the EDZ and nobody's there right now what they could do to funnel people together is you can only set a planet to 700 if it's the flashpoint so you're funneling people together that are actually deciding to do that. So it'd be random, right? There's eight locations. Well, I set the Tangled Shore to 700 and nobody's freaking there. I set Dreaming City to 700 and nobody's there. You could be like, well, you can you can set the Flashpoint to 700. That's rhythmic urgency. So then you're like, well, I got to grind this week because I want to get this. I want to get this uh, Sparrow. I want to get this Ghost, and I got to grind at 700 to work on those bounties. And more other people would be doing that too. It'd be funneling endgame-minded players together on a single planet. I think that could work. Evil Clown. Do you think Bungie will bring back exotic marks, cloaks, and arm bracelets? No idea. Probably not, unless it doesn't limit your loadout. Uh, Promac. I understand your point about Bungie being hesitant to go into a more MMO approach because of the nature of console players. However, the idea of bringing more MMO aspects is to add stuff to do constantly that appeals to more people rather than just a looter shooter grind we currently have that's not a question uh fructor what do you think about making all armor having basic perks and then have the perks be farmable meaning if you want raid perks you have to run the raid or if you want edz perks you have to run edz activities yeah my only question here would be does that mean i could take my gauntlets and give them the perks from everywhere I farmed enough raid and enough EDZ. These gauntlets now have an EDZ perk and a raid perk. I don't I don't know if I don't know if you would want to do it that way. Either way you shake it, people are going to have a lot of work to do. To me it just makes more sense to have it tied to the actual armor itself. These this loadout is from the EDZ. And if people want to look differently, empower them to do that with some ornamental system you know maybe that could be your transmog system i could get behind that okay maybe i do need to do a video about transmog you would call it ornamental transmog so if somebody in in, if somebody inspected my reverie dawn grasps and they're like wow he's got enhanced cannon reloader plasteel blah 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 it would say reverie dawn grasps and then down here would be a ornamental transmog and i could make them look like another set of gloves so you could be like well wow his reverie dawn grasps look different oh he's running a tangled shore ornament so you can make them look the way that you want so i could look like this and all my armor underneath could be edz armor 
There, okay? There. All you fans of Transmog, I could be okay with that. That's ornamental, that's decorative, you're not changing the loot. I just, I don't like the idea of changing the loot, like changing a gun, changing a helmet, making a tangled web mask look like a raid helmet. I just, I'm like, ugh. But if it was an orna- if it was ornamental Transmog, I think that would be great. Seller Dweller, what if all weapons and armor came with all their available perks built in and unlocked as you received random rolls? Uh, then you could just keep one piece for each specific gear set or weapon. But I just don't think that this is the way you would you would do it. If you're going to go to loadouts, um, if you're going to go to a loadout system, then why not actually give people loadouts? Why not? It's an actual loadout. It's going to be like, oh, I just, I got everything on this one piece. That just wouldn't, I don't think that would be as good. There's a collectivist attitude in games like this. Uh, Rupert Devalos. If Arc Week was possible and changed some things, you think we could see an exotic week in the future? Arc Week was a freaking joke. What are you talking about? Arc Week didn't do anything. Right? Arc Week didn't do anything. It literally, it, 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 it didn't do anything. It, it, it was, it was nothing. They, they, it was a patch and an exotic week. I mean, what would they do for exotic week? Update some exotics and then call it exotic week. <laughs> I thought it was free says, wouldn't it be great if you could reply, uh, replay the story or horde mode with better loot in halo is a great replay of the story. Oh, dude, this is another freaking value point. Man, oh man, why can't we replay the story? I would love to replay the Forsaken story at level and get cool, unique drops at level. Think about it. You could replay the story and hope to get cool drops from the Barons, you know? Oh, we need to do a talk about that. We, we need to do a talk about that. Replay the story at level. That would be awesome. You could replay the main story. I mean, I don't know. that If it's at level and there's a reason, if there's ornaments or gear or things to get, that'd be freaking dope. Evil Clown. In the new annual pass, do you think they'll give us Moon and Saturn, aka Orcs' old lair and all other stuff? Or do you think it'll be old Hive D1 weapons more comeback besides the Thorn? Well, the only location I think we're going to get I don't think they're adding any more locations to Destiny 2 except for the Dreadnought. I think the Dreadnought is the only returning location. Maybe Saturn. Maybe a little bit of Saturn. Maybe they'll do like they did with the Dreaming City and the Tangled Shore. You know, they'll do Dreadnought and Saturn. Okay? That's it. They're not adding any other locations to Destiny 2. Write it down. I just don't think so. Those are the only two potential with me leaning towards just one. Just the Dreadnought. I just... I just don't think so. The game is getting very, very big. The game is getting very, very big. People want to try to compare this game to D1 and other things. Like, this game is actually freaking massive. If you created a map, you took every single map, Mercury, IO, Mars, Titan, EDZ, Nessus, Dreaming City, Tangled Shore, take all those maps and put them side by side, it's a big freaking game. It's really big, especially considering, especially considering a lot of these maps have 
lost sectors all over the place that go down super super far they've got sections that we don't we hardly ever use firebase hades legions anchor uh this whole section over here the dark forest then you come way down here to the sojourners camp then you go way over here to the Mavic Square. There's all these areas that don't even get used on these maps. Like there's so much, there's so much capital that could be repurposed. There's, this this game is enormous if you think about it. It's actually really big, considering it's not a dedicated server open world game. It's actually quite large, but there's not a lot of purpose to the activities. There's not a lot of reason to go do anything. This is where bringing back the loot pools, give purpose to the NPCs, giving purpose to the old activities would be a really, really smart play. It has load times to show how large it is. Well, that's, yeah, that's true on consoles, especially. That's true. So I would think annual pass. They're gonna add the dreadnought is is about as certain as is, is about as certain as I can be. We're getting the dreadnought. Saturn's a question mark. Saturn's a question mark. Phobos. Maybe Phobos instead of Saturn. I don't know. Dreadnoughts, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty certain we're getting Dreadnought. Other than that, I don't think they're adding any other locations. They made it pretty clear that annual pass is not adding locations. Maybe that's how they'll kick off annual pass 2.0. They'll be like, we're not adding any more locations with annual pass, but at the beginning of annual pass 2.0, we wanted to kick things off with a bang. We're bringing back Dreadnought and Phobos or Dreadnought and Saturn to give you guys, you know, a good a good a good jump start to the next year. And then taking Queen themed Savathun raid etc Crypt, uh, Cryptic says um, I've been waiting uh, I've been wanting cool holographic armor ornaments to come back and I was pumped when the revelry ones came but they're not permanent do you think we'll see more of that coming oh I would love that yes thank you Vigi for two months of subs welcome back I would love for them to do more ornamental stuff I think every NPC needs a rank and when you rank up you unlock really, really cool ornamental things. That would give you a reason to want to raise your rank everywhere because, you know, the armor sets that you're grinding for could then be complemented by really dope ornaments like we had in Age of Triumph. Spartan Master. Hey, Lono, do you think in the next game they'll make it more MMO universe style, like have all the content from D1 and D2 instead of numbered installments? See, this is, this is actually an interesting idea. We, we've, we've heard whispers and there's the rumors from Shadow of the Nine of the Nine that the next game will be more MMO, more RPG in, in its feel. Then other people kind of come in and they tack on to this idea. What if they do Destiny Universe and D1 and D2 get combined? All the raids, all the locations, all the planets, all the strikes. I could get behind that. I would love to play Wrath of the Machine. I would love to play... Uh, any any of any of the old rates freaking king's fall with the bigger fp the better fps better uh better fov that'd be freaking awesome well i mean we'll have to wait and see i could see them doing that but it'd be really really tough on these old consoles they'd almost have to launch the game stripped down okay in let's say they launch it 2021 destiny universe launches 2021 okay 2022 they bring the next installment to destiny universe and they'd have to leave behind the old consoles because in 2022 you'd have to admit that your xbox one and ps4 need to be replaced the launch date of those systems they're they're ancient at 20 by the time we get to 2022 that gives you to 2020 to 2021 to 22 that's three years to save your pennies 
and then they could kind of move everybody over. They did the same thing when they went from 360 to Xbox One. They left you behind when uh, Taken King launched, wasn't it? Or was it Rise of Iron? I can't remember. I thought it was Taken King. In any case, they'd have to hit. They'd have to hit a point where they leave you behind because those odd consoles just couldn't handle the game that size. They couldn't. Uh, I thought it was free. Would it be possible to merge D1 and D2, turn off D1 servers, and stopgap for D3? Oh, see, this is another idea. Bring back D1, D2 as a stopgap. Holtzman worked for Bungie on a six-month contract, and according to him, bringing Destiny 1 stuff into Destiny 2 is really, really difficult and takes a long time. I think we can take that to the bank. Holtzman freaking worked at the company. So I don't know how much they would want to do there. They could try in the next annual pass to bring back some of the content from D1. Well, are we going to get any raids? Those raids are already built. Maybe porting those raids is arguably, maybe, when they measure it, maybe bringing Wrath of the Machine and King's Fall, maybe bringing those over is easier than building a new raid. I'd I'd get behind that. That'd be awesome. But again, it's going to come down to can they do it? Right? Can they bring that stuff forward in a way that's both economical and and reasonable within their current structure and how many people they have working and how many people are working on Destiny 2, how many people have shifted to Destiny 3, how many people have left, how many people have quit, how many new people are hired that need trained. Like, you know, there's just a lot of lot of moving parts there that our predictions coming true or not is in relation to what they can do internally. So... That's going to do it. That's basically an hour-long session. That's the last question. If you guys are listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you're here live right now, don't go anywhere. I'm not shutting down the stream. But if you're listening in the other locations, I appreciate you doing that. Please like, share, and subscribe.